it's just like, well, what are you? And it's just like, um, I'm me. What are you? A lot of my friends and even my brothers had like, quote unquote, white names, right? Like, my brothers were Nick and Lucas. My dad, his name's Rick. My mom's name's Leslie. And then I got pinned with Kadeem. Family comes first. That's like what my mom's always ingrained into me. It's like, it's always family. Family's always on your mind. No matter how close you are with others, it's family is family. This last week, my dad told me, hey, Paul, if you want, man, we'll go to Lebanon and we'll find your wife. <laughs> he said that jokingly, but it, he, like, kind of low-key kind of meant it. In my opinion, racism isn't dead. I don't think it'll ever be dead. It's always going to be a thing, right? There's always going to be an asshole out there that's like, I don't like this person for reasons. You know, I also am very aware of my privilege in all of this. Like, there's no woe is me. Um, I just think, you know, people are still like learning the very basics of like, institutional racism and that there is a difference between being white and being black and interacting with the world and the privileges and opportunities that you're given and we're still at that like basic level so talking about mixed race is like i don't know when we're gonna get there raw eggs an original podcast from the center for independent media and arts made possible by the support of the young canada works in both official languages family comes first that's like what my mom's always ingredient to me it's like it's always family family's always on your mind no matter how close you are with others it's family is family i remember going to my friends houses when i was in elementary school and noticing how different the complex was from my own household. You know, dinner time at my friend's house was much different than dinner time at my house. The manners were different, the way they spoke to each other was different, the food they ate was different. It had never occurred to me when I was younger that my friend's families were different than my own. And as I got older, I started to notice aspects of my upbringing that were influenced by my culture and my background. So that got me curious as to how other people's upbringings differ because of their backgrounds. Does the way we were raised affect who we become? Hi, I'm Naomi. I'm going to be your host, and if you're as curious as I am, then I hope you'll embark on this journey with me as I set out to discover all the different colors, shades, and hues this world has to offer. Raw Eggs is an original podcast created for CHUO 89.1 FM. You can subscribe on our website at chuo.fm slash podcasts. Some people see traditions as something that should be preserved. 
other people see traditions as something that's meant to be broken or remade. Regardless, we all have something that we can say is our tradition, whether it's an annual event like Christmas, Hanukkah, Ramadan, or something on a smaller scale like a prayer before a meal or movie nights on Sundays. Most of us can say that we have at least a few traditions. You know, we always celebrated Christmas, um, Easter, mm -hmm. uh, even though it was frowned upon where I came from. You know, because Hungary, as uh, as you may know, was under communism for quite a number of years, and uh, they really didn't um, take very kindly to people following a religion. I'm the firstborn son, so the firstborn, the males are held in a different regard, I guess, but I was like the first boy, and the males, I don't know, are supposed to handle a lot in the household. And you handle you know, <laughs> I, I'm not saying I fulfilled that. I'm just... In my family, uh, when we were disciplined as children, we would get like hot sauce on our tongues, right? And like that was never seen as a bad thing to me or anyone in my family. But uh, when I was in grade school, we were talking about like the disciplinary things that we have as kids. And uh, all my completely white friends were like, oh my gosh, that's so horrible. Like, that's like so terrible. Like, why would your parents ever do that to you? Like they're kind of snowflakes, I guess. Not <laughs> always, but I mean, in that case, it seemed like it. Staying at your house until marriage is a big thing. Personally, like, I'm leaving as soon as possible. Like, that's how it <laughs> <laughs> Me, personally, it's a different story, right? But no, for Lebanese, in the Lebanese culture, mm -hmm. like, all of my siblings, my two sisters and my brother, mm -hmm. they waited until marriage before leaving. This last week, my dad told me, hey, Paul, if you want, man, we'll go to Lebanon and we'll find you a wife. <laughs> he said that jokingly, but it, he, like, Kind of low-key kind of meant it at the same time. They like they definitely prefer me being with somebody of my own culture too. I'm from like a really like white household. So my family's not like culturally like Asian or Chinese. Like it's like Christmas and Easter. We don't really celebrate like Chinese New Year's or I. Uh, like when I was younger, we used to celebrate like Chinese New Year's a little, like on Chinese New Year's we just like order Chinese food or like go to like uh, like a takeout, like get takeout or like go to like a Chinese restaurant or a buffet or something. A value specific to my culture. Mm -hmm. Well, I'd like to think that it's uh, honesty, mm -hmm. hard work and fairness to others. And then just a sense of stoicism was in my family a lot. That typical Asian stoicism wherever of like not really complaining too much. Like I've never heard my like they like my grandparents and stuff really complain about anything. They've been working the same job for like thirty years, man, like if not longer, it's like but I never once hear them complain. It's just like this is where I ended up in life. 
for us Lebanese people, your cousin, your aunt, everybody is your close family. Your second, your third, your fourth cousins, they're all they're all family. You all consider them as close as your first cousin or as your brother even. I wish I had like a better upbringing with religion, you know, and not just like this forced sort of thing that was sort of like monotonous by the end of it. By the end of uh, my childhood, I was like, man, I don't even want to do this religion thing anymore. I wish I had like an easier go at it, you know, it wasn't so extreme. It just feels like you know, I'd, you know, have more options or like a, a bit more perspectives, you know, than yeah. rather just my perspective that like religion is this thing that you have to do, you know, it's like a task or a chore to like pray or like have faith in something, you know. They didn't, in Hungary, they weren't as, at least the Hungarians were not as rigid. So even though the communist party said no religion, they tended to look the other way quite a bit. So as long as you didn't make too many waves and you kept things quiet, you know, uh, no big deal, then uh, they didn't particularly stomp on you. Religion is a big thing in our culture. Uh, going to church for sure now for my family in specific that's something uh, not that was required but something that was put into us at a young age but as you grew older and you know my parents mentality kind of changed too after being here for 30 years right you know we're born in the Canadian culture so you know we deviated a bit from that so you know we don't go to church every Sunday or whatnot but that was one big thing when we were younger I mean, sometimes we have a prayer in Hungarian because that's just something that means a lot to Papa because he is fully Hungarian, I think. You know, it's not easy for anybody immigrating to a different country, starting at zero. Hungary, Romania, Czechoslovakia, what you was called Czechoslovakia, uh, Poland, were under communist rule and pretty much under the thumb of USSR. The average person had very little freedom in Hungary. You know, if you were from a small town or something and you were just the average person, average worker who just wanted to make a living, you really didn't have any say in things. 
The Communist Party is the one that controlled everything. So if you belong to the Communist Party, you had some perks. You know, maybe you'd get a, be able to get a car, a nicer house, and so forth. If you were the average person, it, you didn't have that opportunity. You didn't have the opportunity to build a business at that time because everything belongs to the people, quote marks, the people. But basically, everything was controlled by the Communist Party. So, in truth, they could do whatever they wished with your properties. After we left, they relaxed it a bit and said, okay, well, you could you can have a little business as long as you have not more than 10 people. So, getting back to why we came, because there was very little opportunity in Hungary. If you were born a certain person, unless you became a, a fanatical Communist Party member, it was very difficult to, uh, to rise anywhere above to where you started. So my mother, who was a very hard worker, um, one time, you know, when the revolution broke out, we listened to the Radio Free Europe, which was a Western broadcast into Hungary, heavily jammed. And we were hearing that people actually managed to leave the country. They would send coded messages back to family through the radios and say, uh, you know, uh, this is such and such a code word. We have arrived safely. We are in Austria or wherever they are. That's usually where they, you ended up first. And then it would send the messages back. And in fact, I sent the message myself. Um, one of our dogs was called Hotyu, which is swan, because it was a white dog. And that was our agreed code word. So that when I, it came to my turn with Radio Free Europe to send the message home, because they facilitated sending messages, then I stood there and gave my little speech. Hi, uh, this is a message on such and such a code word. We have arrived safely in Austria and we're doing well. So my grandparents, who were, would always be listening to the radio in the evening, Radio Free Europe, would eventually heard the message and they were elated. You know, we made it safely. Because getting, it's, getting out of Hungary even then wasn't like... It is, you just didn't get on a, a train or a plane or a ship and uh, leave Hungary. You had to basically sneak out and then you had to evade, uh, you know, people who were trying to make sure you don't leave the country. Most of the time, if you're the average person, they would probably send you back home with a reprimand. So they said, next time, you know, we're not going to be quite so easy on you. But yeah, my mom is mixed race as well. So she's had to grapple with her identity in a way where, you know, she comes to Canada and people see her as Indian while she sees herself as mixed race. And she's Catholic. So that adds another dynamic where people, you know, assume you're certain religions when you come from India, um, you speak certain languages and we don't have that. We speak English, like she's only spoke English her whole life. Um, I think too, that generation can, very much be cut off from their past identity because they had to assimilate. So I think immigrating to Winnipeg, which was, I think, where she was super white back then, <laughs> came in the 60s, and uh, 
yeah, really just like wanting to blend in and assimilate. So not necessarily wanting to maintain any sense of culture. You know, the reason why they came over was war. Most Lebanese descent left uh, Lebanon because of war. Coming here, though, it was kind of hard. Um, my dad has an electrician uh, degree, but he couldn't work in his uh, field, so he had to become a mechanic in Canada. He got his license, but he couldn't work because nobody would hire him. Uh, you know, back in the days, uh, I'm not going to say that they were racist because I wasn't there, right? I, I don't know what it was. I feel like it was probably a language barrier where, where people didn't want to hire him because his English or French wasn't that great. As much as we're blessed to be living in a time with so much information available to us, it can be a double-edged sword sometimes because it's hard to know what's true and what isn't. But the truth is that nothing's black and white. There's so many beautiful colors, shades, and hues, and the only thing that we should be afraid of is miseducation. Because without the right amount of understanding, we start to create prejudice and, and fear and anger. This is Raw Eggs, where we set out to find the perspectives of other multicultural Canadians. And I'd like to thank all who participated in this episode. Kadeem Pancham, an Ottawa-based musician. I, I get a lot of people that like don't take me too seriously. And like, I don't even take myself too seriously. Antoine Kausawan a Cambridge-based rapper and artist. I felt like I had to, like, prove I was, like, something rather than just existing. Paul Ibrahim, an optician in Hull. You know, I feel like between immigrants, sometimes when it comes to either business or it comes to anything in life, we try to help each other out. Danielle Griefson. I don't have time to get into like, oh, do you realize what you're doing is uh, racist? There's no like easy way to go about that, like with like a stranger. Attila or Tony Santo, owner of Luxcom Technology Inc. based in Ottawa. Well, imagine in Hungary, if you wanted a car, for example, if you could ever get a car, the only way you would get it is that you get one of these tiny little matchbox cars. <laughs> Trabant was one of these ugly little cars, you know, that, but you had to order it. You had to give a big down payment, and then typically you had to wait five years by the time you got it. And a special thank you to Lisa Rida, a Toronto-based documentary filmmaker. There's such richness within mixed-race families, but like I said, there's also conflict in a way. This podcast was made possible by funding provided through the Young Canada Works in both official languages program. I hope you'll join me next episode when we'll be looking into the phrase, I don't see color, and what sort of opinions have spreaded from this. Goodbye and good night. <laughs>